0: We'll just go, you know. We'll just see where God wants to take us this morning. I'm excited about today's message. Uh, What I'm going to do is actually read a fairly long reading. So buckle up, go grab a coffee, go grab some donuts. Uh, But if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Matthew chapter 19. And I'm going to start in chapter 19 and read through quite a bit of chapter 20. And then we'll pray, and then we'll get into the message. Does that make sense? And that's kind of the thought. So if you have your Bible... Feel free to open up, otherwise it's on the screen. Free Bibles are in the back if you need a Bible. That's our gift to you if you need a Bible. We we love giving people Bibles. Okay, so we're in this series as we're following Jesus to the cross and to the empty tomb. As we're following Jesus, we've been walking through some of Matthew here. Last week, where we ended is where we're picking up. So Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. Well, this was last week, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now, in my Bible, there's not a break at verse 27. It's not until chapter 20, but I'd actually take 27 here and connect it more with what we're going to be talking about today. And I'll maybe tell you why, but I also might not. It depends on if it, I lose it. But, but there's, I'm breaking it actually here a little bit intentionally. So, then Peter said in reply... So it is connected to the previous, okay? But it's also connected to where we're going. Then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Now that phrase there, you're going to hear two more times. And it's that phrase that I'm kind of seeing connected here as it's used three different times here. You'll You'll hear it again. Then Jesus tells this parable. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a, denarius, for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. Okay, so do you understand the setup? Sometimes you guys start to just zone out and you're not even hearing the story. So I wanna make sure you hear. There's a guy, he goes and gets some workers, okay? And he puts them to work early in the morning. For a denarius a day. They agree upon it. And going out a little later, about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, you go into the vineyard too. And whatever is right, I will give you. Notice he doesn't tell them how much there. That's interesting. So they went. Now going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same thing. And about the 11th hour, the man, the owner, went out and found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, no one has hired us. So the guy says to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, but begin with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the 11th hour came, each of them received. So these are the guys who got, who were asked to work later in the day. They came first. They each received a denarius. Now, when those who were hired first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house saying, These last worked only one hour. You've made them equal to us who've borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first will be last. There it is again, right? And as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside, and on the way he said to them, see, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. He prophetically gives he's about what's about to happen, right? He said to them, Okay, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those whom it has been prepared by my Father. And when the ten other disciples heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them all together to him and said, Do You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. Whoever would be great among you, must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Or it might be, and whoever would be first among you must be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for and for many. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray and then we'll dive in. <clears throat> Father, I feel like the heart that needs calmed the most is mine. Calm my heart now that we might just hear from you the things you have for us. It's been an exciting morning with a lot of cool stuff happening. I pray that you would not stop, Lord. That you would work in hearts and lives. You'd speak to us. It's a privilege, Lord, that you'd want to use a person to do that. Yes, in this moment, me getting the opportunity to do that, but really each of us, each of us having that opportunity as we leave here or, or as we speak to even maybe the people in this room after the service or whisper to them now, whatever it might be, we have that same privilege of getting to share you with other people. So now I just pray that you'd calm our hearts and that you'd help us, Lord, to really hear what you have for us in this, in this, in this word, out of your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, today is a three-point sermon. It's really simple. My three points are this. I don't have it on the screen, but just here's my three points. God's generosity creates equality among the disciples. That's my first point I'm going to talk about. God's generosity includes him serving you. And my last point is that God's generous service is for us To follow. My primary point of the text, it would be from uh, chapter 20, verses 27 and 28, or 26 here. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. God's generosity, this is my first point, and you can keep it up there for a while, Lyle. God's generosity creates equality among the disciples. Creates equality among the disciples. Jesus provides some interesting teaching here. It's a fascinating parable, isn't it? I mean, it's actually when you, If you go back and reread the parable again, it's actually brilliant how Jesus sets this up an incredible parable, and it has some incredible implications for our lives. Um, already in chapter 18, the disciples had asked, who's the greatest, right? Remember that a couple weeks ago? I preached on that. Who's the greatest? And Jesus kind of does some teaching there. And then we get to this section, and Jesus wants to continue to bring this idea of of, of, of of who the greatest kind of is. Now it's interesting. I got to quick just make a note of this. Um, Jesus does seem to be promising something to the twelve here, um, and it, you could kind of read it a couple different ways. And I don't know exactly what he's saying when he says that you'll sit on the twelve thrones, and and I don't I don't know, but it does seem like they have a unique either responsibility or role or something, and so. As Jesus speaks to Peter, that because and it's interesting, he doesn't rebuke Peter there. Uh, it, it almost he's kind of soft with Peter in his response to Peter's question, um, but then but then almost immediately Jesus, even though he kind of seems to give some kind of honor or unique role to the disciples, he then goes on and right away goes into this parable that brings brings almost equality to all of the disciples, doesn't he? This guy says, this guy gives the same amount of money, the same amount of payment to somebody who's only worked an hour to somebody who's worked all day long. I mean, that's kind of fascinating. And the way Jesus sets the parable up, the, the, the guys who had to wait all day get paid at the end. So they start to think, well, if he's gonna pay them that, then surely he's going to give us even a little more. And yet the master says, no, we agreed upon this. It's fair. Here you go. That's fascinating. You know, as I was just kind of thinking about kind of the the general implications of this, I was thinking about like, who's who's the most important in in the church or God's kingdom? Who is the most important person, right? Right? And we start to think about this and we maybe even start to wonder about like, what is some kind of hierarchy or what is, kind of, what is some kind of org chart? Give me the org chart. You know what I mean? Sometimes we want to know that. And so you got somebody like, uh, let's just call a person uh, some pastor person, okay? Or you have, um, you know, elder. That's a term that can get used. Or you have like uh, something like uh, a deacon, or you have something like um, you know a lay person, uh, or you have something like um, you know somebody with some money, somebody's got s- some extra money in the church, or you have somebody who's um, you know the, who, who whoever cleans the garbage up around here, garbage guy, garbage person, um, or maybe you have. Um, uh, I don't know, what else might you have? You might have a lot of different people, or you just have regular person, <laughs> whoever that is. Um, you might have, uh, I was going to think of some others, you know, our board of directors. We have a board of directors here, board of directors at our church. Well, okay, give me the org chart. Who's, who's the most important? You know, what, give me the flow. God, you know, we'd all probably be pretty cool with God being that one. And then what does it look like? Right? We kind of sometimes want to know that stuff. And we see the disciples kind of sometimes want to know that. Who's the most important? Even Zebedee, you know, uh, the, James and John's mother is like, hey, would you, put, would you put one on one side of you and one on the other side of you? I'd like to kind of see him up there, a little higher up. Right? I'd like to kind of do... You know, there's a classic mom. Well, see, to me, to me, Jesus' parable here, Jesus' parable kind of does this. Jesus takes pastor and he takes deacon and he takes elder and just regular person and this person and board of director and it's and then and then this one is god and it's just in this parable he just basically equalizes everybody doesn't he and before god there's just everybody else Now, we have certain roles and responsibilities, so you might be a leader, and you have maybe the gift of leadership, and so a particular role that you play is to lead people, but that doesn't mean that you become like, you know, up here, and you down on all you other people or something like that, you see? So... It's interesting because even though Jesus does give a unique something, and I don't fully get exactly what, what seems like the 12 disciples, he then quickly goes into, because of the generosity of the master, you all get the same payment. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Okay, let's think of another situation. Um, now, this is just another angle. As I was thinking about it. What about a situation where somebody has been a Christian their whole life and they're now like 70 years old and they've been following Jesus forever? They've had certain trials and tribulations that they've had to go through. Maybe they've maybe they've been divorced and they've had to walk through that particular trial. Uh, Maybe they've lost a loved one and they've had to go through that particular trial in their life. Okay? Whatever it might be. But you've been a Christian your whole life, you follow Jesus. Life is good. Okay, what do you, what does that per, where does that person stand? Let's call this 70-year Christian guy. 70 years, okay? What about that person? What's the distinction between that person and let's call this person over here, okay? Let's call this person Christian who's in a prison somewhere for their faith. I went and watched this past week a, uh, a a video of a guy who actually, he founded uh, the Voice of the Martyrs. He was persecuted in a Prussian prison um, for 14 years. Persecuted, beat. I mean, some of the stories he was telling is just crazy. You can go check him out on YouTube, Richard Wormbrand. I've actually brought him up in some stuff, uh, brought him up before. But he was called by God. He's dead now. Uh, He died early 2000s. But he was called by God to be in a prison Communist prison where he was persecuted for just being a Christian. So let's call this 14 years in jail guy. Okay? Persecuted. And then let's take guy, I don't know why I keep using guys. Women are part of this too, by the way. Uh, Let's call this guy who gives his life to Jesus the day he dies. He's been. Living life large. And then, oh man, I'm so sorry, Jesus. I turn to you. Thank you for saving me. And then he takes his last breath and dies. A.K.A. guy who's hanging on the cross with Jesus. Okay? So let's just do that. And then put some other people out there. You know, gave a lot of money to church. Doesn't give jack to church. Whatever. All the stuff. All the people. Where are they on the hierarchy? What, is that, what does that look like? You know, is there kind of a top down? Is there, what, what does that look like? Well, it looks the exact same, right? Jesus brings this great equality thing where it's like, well, it's the same thing. It's just, there it is. God's at the top, and it's everybody else. That's what this story's all about. The generosity of the master who gives a denarius to the guy in the morning the same as the guy at nighttime. Now, if you've been stuck in a rush, if you've been stuck in a communist prison for 14 years being persecuted for your faith what do you think about the Seth Kunzi of the world who's got a pretty good life i've had to go through some various trials but i haven't had to go to a prison and be persecuted for my faith yet Well, what do I think about the guy who's gotten to go and do drugs and have a great time and live life large? And then they give their life to Jesus. In a couple years, they have a massive heart attack and they're like, ah, lucky son of a gun. How do we think about some of this stuff? See, that's what the disciples are struggling with. The disciples are wanting to see some kind of org chart. They want to see boom, 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 boom. Where do I fit on that? And, and Jesus just brings this incredible parable that just, whoosh. there's roles, there's gifts. I'm not saying that. There's uniqueness to each of us, yes. Do we sometimes play a role of, of overseer and, and there's shepherding and overseeing of things? Yes, leadership, yes. yes, 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 yes. But all of those are gifts and roles that need to be seen in this context. Do you understand that? is a beautiful thing this is Jesus and what he's kind of given us here so God's generosity creates equality among the disciples look at Matthew chapter 20 verse 15 am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me or do you begrudge my generosity equality comes from what is the, where does the equality come from who is it that gets to govern this and do this? It's God's generousness that does this and makes this happen because he wants to give a denarius to one and you know what he wants to do? Give a denarius to somebody else. If this is hard for you, it's because the world hates this. The world and even our own sinful lives, honestly, we we resist what I just said. The past five ten minutes has been, is resisted by our hearts because we like it when it's kind of a world of comparing and contrasting and we can kind of set ourselves up in such a way that we might be seen as better than. And when we, the reason for that and why we want that is because we want to be somehow participants in our own getting of grace, we want to participate in some way and we almost feel like we, we deserve it. That's, the par- that's that parable of those initial guys. They're like, man, if you're giving them a denarius, then we deserve two denariuses or three because look at what we have done. And the eyes of the, the servants begin to move from the master to everything else. And that's the problem that's going on here. And see, we like it when our eyes are on everybody else because y'all look like a bunch of goobers. And so then I can kind of make myself feel like, you know, whatever. And then maybe I'm not doing so bad. See? What if it's really about God's generosity? Okay, my second thing. And this is just this is just upping the ante. That's all I'm doing here, is just throwing a little more chips in. God's generosity includes him actually serving us. See, who's the master in the story? Well, it's God. Who's the master? That's just pouring generous, like, here's a denarius. It's like Oprah, you get a denarius, you get a denarius. Everybody gets a denarius, right? Look at verse uh, 18 and 19 here. Now, this is a shift, this is, but this is connected right to that parable here, right? Look at verse 18. See, this, Jesus is talking here. See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man is going to be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. And deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. Look at verse 28. Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. To what extent? How far will you go, Jesus? To give his life as a ransom for many. How much? How far will he go? How much, what kind of service will he give? Could you imagine God serving you as like a waiter at a restaurant? The very first, uh, very first date I took Jackie on, we were at Red Robin, right? Red Robin, I took Jackie to Red Robin. You know, those are the days where I splurged. <laughs> took Jackie to Red Robin, very first date. We're sitting there, the waiter asks me, uh, what can I get you to drink? I said, I'd like a Mountain Dew. And he says, we don't have any Mountain Dew. I was like, what? You don't have a Mountain Dew? Are you kidding me? He's like, we don't have a Mountain Dew. He's like, I'm going to get you a Mountain Dew. And so the guy goes across the street. He goes across the street to like a gas station or something and buys a, a can of soda, brings it back, and hooks me up with a Mountain Dew. That's going over. That's like, wow. I mean, I gave him like a 6% tip that day. I mean, I went, I gave him a lot. Gave him a huge six percent, seven percent, somewhere in their tip that day. It was huge. But he went over and beyond, right? How much does God serve us? What is it? What does he what does he do to serve us? You know, we're like, I don't, I don't, how does he serve me? I I don't have my Mercedes yet. I don't have my whatever yet. What has he done for me? He's and what does he say here? He says to the disciples, he actually gives us. He says, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to die. I'm going to rise from the dead. I'm going to give my life as a ransom for, for the world. And that's what he does. He goes to the cross and he actually died. You got to think about that. God, the God man, Jesus Christ, goes to the cross and dies for you. He gives his life for you serving you because he knew. See, you didn't even know it. You weren't even around at the time. But but he knew that you were going to be so messed up. He knew your brokenness. He knew the relationship that was between you and God and that it's broken. And he... He wanted to bring you back into relationship with God. He wanted to make it so that you and God could be buds again and good, and it's all good. Otherwise, you'd be under the wrath of God, and you'd have to actually pay the price for your sin. I'm going to use that word, and if you don't know what that means, that's okay. We'll just keep kind of over weeks and years. We'll flush that out, but your brokenness, your mistakes... He did that for you. He poured out himself for you. He served you. And he even continues to serve us today, doesn't he? he? He does things like hear our prayers, he listens to our prayers, and he'll answer prayer. He, you know, as I was just thinking, he's, he's close to us. He comes and his presence is with us. What a way to serve God! Does that? For you and me? He strengthens us. Why does he even care about us? We're so weak, we're so frail, and yet he comes and he sustains us and strengthens us and gives to us and continues to even pour himself out. Even after he's already given you everything, he's given you himself. God's generosity includes him actually serving us My last point is this. God's generous serving is for us to follow. The disciples took their eyes off the master and began to put their eyes on each other in a comparing, contrasting kind of way. It's interesting because even, and I don't have this as a slide, but even the way you could translate where it says here, do you begrudge my generosity, has something like, Are your eyes so bad? You can't see my goodness. The the word actually for begrudge there would be in the the Greek would be like, my eyes, my eyes being able to see. Is your eye bad because I am good? (laughs) See, their eyes started to get off of focus. They started to, I'm talking about the parable here. They started to focus on each other. Well, oh, that guy. Look what that guy, look what that guy got. Look what that guy got. Look what that guy got. Look what that guy's going on. And they're forgetting the generosity and the goodness of the Master. He can do whatever the heck he wants. It's his stuff. You know. But but we don't want that. We want a little bit of hierarchy. We're like, man, I've been a Christian a long, long time. I've been serving Jesus for a long time. I went to a communist prison. My gosh, what else do you want me to do? This guy's got it so easy. Uh, the generosity of the master. He's just pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. How far will he go? Will he run across the street to get a Mountain Dew? He already's proved it. He's gone to the cross for you. He's already run across the street, grabbed the Mountain Dew and brought it back. He's going way above and beyond. Jesus says, verse 26 and 27, I keep going back to this, it shall not be so among you. We're not going to play this game. Mother of the sons of Zebedee. What are you talking about, lady? Disciples, as you're looking at each other and trying to govern each other and rule over each other and be the head over everybody and set yourself up over everybody else. No. Whoever would be great must be the servant. Whoever would be first must be the slave. And that word servant there, you could even be like deacon. It would be the uh, one who serves. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. See, when you're following the master, when your eyes are on him, you go where he goes. And so you, when he's, wh- where he's serving and pouring, you, you follow him. That's our whole series is about following the master And where the master goes, that's where we go. Where does the master go? He goes to giving everything for others and and service and selfless life, a selfless life and a pouring out into others. How can you do that? See, let me just think about this for a second. How can you do that? How can you pour out and give everything? Because it feels like, God, I need, I'm in such, it feels like sometimes, See, the reason Jesus can give everything, follow me here on this. The reason Jesus is able to give everything is because he has everything. He's got everything. And as he focuses in on the Father, he simply trusts that the Father and their relationship, he just has from the Father. And so he can just pour out Well, why is that different for us? See, why can't we pour out everything? See, that's what we're called to do. See, what we want to so often do is give 50%, keep back a little bit, because I want to keep a little bit in case I need that. What Jesus is calling us to here is he's calling us to pour out, to be the craziest servant out there, just itching, to serve, itching to pour out, itch. Just yeah, I want to serve. I want to go, go. I want to go. I want to go. Why? Because you already have everything. You don't actually see. That's the difference between the world service and the Christian church service. The world has to serve in order to get. We get to serve because we've already gotten. See, Amen. we have everything, so we can just bleh, pour it out over everybody else. Because we can just trust we got it all. That's good stuff. And so, and so, here's my little phrase. Here's my here's my tweetable moment. Those who are given a lot can give a lot. Oh, oh, oh. Those who are given a lot can give a lot. And you've been given it all. Jesus. He's given Himself for you. You just received it over here. By faith, receive Christ. I have everything so I can walk out these doors and just, I don't have to be selfish. I don't have to try to get. I don't have to try to take. I've already got it all. So now I go out these doors and I just pour out. Why? Selfishly so you can get more? Nope. Just because it's for everybody else. Blah, blah, serve, serve, serve. Serve, give, pour out. Why? because I got it all. Um, I was, this past week, I was, at a, I was at a soup supper, whatever that means. Up in Wisconsin, everybody knows what that means. Soup supper. They don't call it stuff down here, supper, it's dinner. But I was at a soup supper this past Wednesday night at a church for a Lenten service and they do soup, you know, before the church service and stuff. It was really fun. And um, it was interesting. There was a lady there who was supposed to be the clicker for the, ch- the church service. And I overheard her say, I overheard her say, um, I got to get into church to go click. And it wasn't even part of the conversation, I don't think, or anything like that. I can't remember exactly. But... So she was going to go. So she went in. And so we're finishing up eating. And then everybody's standing up to go into the service afterwards to go eat. And I see this lady come back. And, and she's, she's not clicking. She's not in there. And I overhear her say, I overhear her say something like, um, Well, I read the schedule wrong. I'm not the clicker for the day. And she said, And then she was talking to somebody else. She said, Can I help you clean up? Can I just help you clean up the stuff? And for some reason, I know that's a super anticlimactic maybe story for you, but when I heard that, I thought of this message. Here's somebody who just. They're itching to serve. They're just itching. They, they ah, I was going to be the clicker. I wanted to be the clicker person. Ah, not my date week. Dang it. I'm gonna, instead of just sitting in here, I'm going to go and I'm going to just clean up. Do wanna... you see what I'm saying? They were just itching to help and get there because they had it all. I've learned so much from so many of you. I just want to say this to end. I've learned so much from so many of you around service because that's one, th- one really cool thing about our church, I believe, is we have some people who know they have everything. They don't have to try to get more because they got it all. And so then they just serve. And I've seen some incredible acts of service in here. And I'm not talking about the big stuff that makes the news. I'm not saying that. I'm saying just down and just gritty and just nobody even knows about it. That's the best kind. That's, that's what Jesus calls us to. Whoever would be first is going to be last. Whoever would be first among you must be the slave, just like the son of man. So we follow him. This is what we're called to. Let me make sure I'm catching my last thought. We are called to be we are called to be generous. As we look to our neighbors, as we look to our church family, as we look to the needy in the community, as we look and are itching for opportunities as we, as we look to be generous, may we be the kind of people who are following the master who served us. And may we be the kind of people who, are, who, are, who have it all because we already do. I'm telling you that. You have everything in Christ. And so now just go pour it out. Go pour it out to the rest of the world. Serve. Be the most generous servants. Just be the most generous servants to your family, to your neighbors, to your friends. just be generous and be just bleh to everybody. And then return to the word and let Jesus fill you up, and then get into your small group and let Jesus fill you up, come back to Sunday stuff, let Jesus fill you, up. and just gather and then go and pour out and just and that's it. and just, that's your life. That's the life Jesus has for us. This kind of stuff, this don't don't uh, don't get all so screwy with that stuff. You gotta try to put it out. Those who are given a lot, give a lot. Does that make sense? Nobody even really oohed and awed on that one, but that makes a lot of sense to me. So, hey, let's um, let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you have given us a lot. You've given us eternal life. You've given us forgiveness, your presence. You've given us everything. You've given us yourself. Jesus, as we now, as we go back into this world to serve, may we be generous with our service. May we be generous with our service. Starting starting with our spouse, Starting with our kids, with our families, with those that we know in our communities, and then just bubbling over to the to the person we meet at the restaurant and just all the random stuff too. May we just pour out and be the most generous servants. Jesus, thank you that you served us by dying for us. Thank you that you've, you still serve us in your... Your gifts that you just keep pouring into our lives. We're amazed, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.